Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Luke, in chapter 24, find verse 50. We'll read three verses of Scripture. Thank you, Toby, worship team, Hannah. Appreciate you. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands. He did what? He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he was blessing them that he was parted from them, carried up into heaven. They worshiped him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Father, thank you for what you've done already in the service. I pray, move with great power upon our hearts. I ask that you would once again take a coal from your altar, place it upon my lips, and as I preach and as I speak, bondages would be broken, people would be healed, your kingdom would be released, and we would leave this place knowing that we've heard from God and that the effects of this service would be far-reaching even to eternity, in the name of Jesus. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go right ahead. Just pray in your heavenly language. If you don't, ask God to fill you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We've been doing a series on uh, healing America, and uh, we are in process with the help of others to make that into a book, and um, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about that because America needs to be healed. America is made of families. We're individuals, sure, but but really the core of this nation has been, should be, families. Not just rogue individuals. Everyone here has a mother. Everyone here has a father, whether you know them or not. I'm so thankful for spiritual mothers. And I'm thankful for spiritual fathers. I'm very thankful for my mother, who has a birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, Mom. Turning... 28, I think it is. And I'm very thankful for my father as well. The longer I live in Christ and the more counseling I do, the more grateful I am for the family that I had. It wasn't perfect, you know, every family's got dysfunction in it. Come on, even, even Mary, and Jesus, Mary and, uh, and Joseph left Jesus behind. had a number of encounters with the Lord through divine circumstances and then just the Lord putting his finger on things throughout the whole week regarding families and the blessing of God. I had a wonderful meal last night uh, with my family and um, as we dialogued back and forth with my 17-year-old son and my 21-year-old daughter, I learned more. Um, As a parent, We desperately need God to help us to raise godly children. And there is forces at work that want to destroy your kids, want to destroy your marriage. There is, and I'm clearly aware of it in my life, I'm living, I feel like I got pushed into a river of blessing that I don't really have much to do with other than I said yes in my feeble and weak way. And I've fallen into this river of the flow of the blessing of God that comes from his river, it is, from his throne. It's, it's supernatural to me. I see that on families that serve God. In fact, Malachi, the dis, there's a distinction between those who serve God and those who don't. And I want that to be passed on to my children. And I want you to walk in the blessing of God. I don't want you to walk in a curse. I want you to walk in the blessing. Let me ask you this question. Are, are blessings and curses real? Are curses and blessings real? Yeah, they are. Well, why do you say that? Because the Bible says it. 
curses and blessings are real. And so America, you know, America has to come back to God. America has to return or maybe come to God for the first time for, for many. That's what will release the blessing of God and not in a, a religious way, but in the way that transforms the heart, transforms the soul, transforms people thinking, transforms marriages. Curses and blessings are real. We do have notes for you and would encourage you to fill those in. Though I make no promise to fill in all the notes for you. And if I leave a, a point that's untouched, then you just pray, get a word from the Lord and fill it in yourself. That way I'll feel led to be moved along with the hoil, as they say in, in Welsh, with the power of the Spirit leading me whichever way he would choose. But thus far, this is the direction I have, and I've given you notes. Curses and blessings are real. In the book of Revelation, we talked about last week with Tiff, that Revelation 1 and 3, that there's a blessing that's released for those who read the word and, and, and hear it. In fact, let me, let me read it to you. Revelation 1 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. Fascinating. So you could read it, but actually it's being read out loud is really what, really what that's talking about, that there's a proclamation of it being spoken. So there's a blessing in Revelation 1-3. And I don't know about you, but I experienced blessing in my life and in a wonderful way over this last week, and we did as a church for sure, because I believe we spent time in the book of Revelation. And, and, and that's a biblical thing. It's right there. The supernatural realm is real. It is absolutely real. And if I could have a little monitor, that'd be great. Actually, a lot of monitor would be even off. Better than great would be awesome. Thank you so much. A little bit more. Come on, bring it. I'm not scared. It's all right. So appreciate our sound people. I'm not hearing nothing. Check, check, check. So sorry, but I'm a, my, my vocal cords are stretched just a little bit. Hallelujah. Keep coming. Thank you, Jesus. There. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. The supernatural realm is real because we're made in the image of God. I said we're made in the image of God. And our words are significant. Your words are significant. They're so significant that in fact, you're saved by your words. You'll be judged by your words. Words are significant. On judgment day, you'll be held accountable for your words. Some of you are like, oh, shut my mouth. I know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I've taught this to you, 1 Corinthians 10, there's examples. You know, 1 Corinthians, Paul writing the church in Corinth, gives examples of Old Testament saints. And 1 Corinthians 10, 10, it says, don't grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by a destroying angel. What, what does that mean? What, how, if you're going to grumble, I think you could grumble in your heart, but grumbling is, is, is usually out loud as well. And they grumbled and literally released death. They released destruction because of their words. We tend to spew meaningless nonsense. But we'll be held accountable for those. Our words are vehicles for blessings or curses. I want you to say that. I probably should have made it a point. Our words are vehicles for blessing or curses. Now, in a Hebrew mindset, there's many different ways to look at time, but a biblical understanding of time is that it's linear. It's not circular like Eastern religions. It's not, time is not circular. We don't believe in, in karma, okay? That that's, and that you're gonna be, you'll become back and be born as a, uh, if you did it right, then you'll be born as in a as a creature that's more enlightened than it was in the last life. That's not that's Eastern Eastern religions believe that. We don't believe that because the Bible doesn't say that. The time is linear. Literally, God created time. He's outside of time, and so there's a beginning and there's an there's a beginning and there's an end. Then eternity is outside of time. You and I are in time. And your words in time release blessing or release curses. Given that time is, is linear, you've got to understand that what's happening today, right now, 
right now is right now, but now, now that's gone. Your life right now is a culmination of your words, your actions, and even previous generations, words and actions, blessings, and possibly curses as well. You didn't just like pop out. There's a lineage. Everyone here has a lineage. Where you came from, that, that affects you. The beautiful thing is, if you don't like the lineage you came from, you can change it by being born again and being grafted into a new lineage. But you're still going to have to learn to renew your mind. You still have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God. Your choices, your decisions bring you to this moment right here today. But this is, I love this, this is the first day of the rest of your life. You can choose to change your life. You can choose to walk in favor and blessing or you can choose the curse. It's up to you. And listen, no one here is going to be able to stand before the judgment seat of Christ on that day and blame your parents. You're, you're, yeah, they're going to stand before, come on, your parents will stand before the Lord, but you will stand before them too to give an account because the, the very fact that there's a judgment day for the believer as well as for unbeliever is, is an indication that you could change your life. You do not have to be bound to whatever you're, you came from a long line of alcoholics. Does that mean you have to be an alcoholic? The answer is no. You came from a long line of people that just get divorced, a long line of of, uh, of debauchery. You can break covenant with that and you can enter on into the blessing of God, but it's up to you. All right, blessings and curses in scripture. There's so many stories. Balaam, Balak. Remember Balaam? He was the guy that a donkey spoke to. Tried to curse Israel, but, but you can't curse what God has blessed. So every time he went to go do that, his words were twisted by the power of God, and he proclaimed a blessing. And you can read about that in, in Numbers. You, you can read in Scripture about the cursed cup. We've talked about that. There's a, the cup of blessing. That's the, the cup of blessing is the, is the covenant declaration that we make when we receive communion. But there's a cup of cursing in the Old Testament that when someone committed adultery, woman specifically would be brought before the priest, and if she had committed adultery... And she drank this cup, this special prepared cup. She dropped dead. But if she was innocent, she'd drink it and nothing would happen. It's a supernatural cup. Wow. The children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 27. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to look at Deuteronomy 28 in just a moment. Deuteronomy 27 now. You see that they walk between Mount Gerizim and then Mount Ebal. And it's like this illustrated sermon. And the blessings are pronounced off of one of the mountains and the curses off of the other. And Israel walks through the tween. And they say, we want the blessing. Everybody says they want the blessing. I mean, they don't line their mouth up with it. And they certainly don't line their life up with it. Deuteronomy 27, verse 15. When you've crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. And it goes on very detailed. And it gives all of these curses. Curses the man who carves an image or casts an idol. Curses the man who dishonors his father and mother. Curses the man who moves his neighbor's boundary stone. Curses the man who leads the blind astray on the road. Curses, verse 19, curses the man who withholds justice from the alien. 20, curses the man who sleeps with his father's wife. It dishonors his father's bed. And everybody said... Amen. Curses a man who curses a man who has sexual relations with an animal. No kidding. Curses a man who sleeps with his sister. I mean, it goes on and on. And there's generations. He said, "Well, I'm not. I'm not doing any of those things." Well, I'm so glad. Don't. But but is it possible that that happened in a previous generation? Well, of course it's possible. No, you're offending me, Pastor. Good. Get over yourself. Is it? Listen. You don't know what people do in the dark when nobody knew in that one year when, come on, it's crazy. There's generations of cursed families and there's generations of blessed families. Now, either way, if you come from a, a generation of a cursed family, you can change that today. If you come from a generation of blessed families, wonderful, make sure you maintain that today. Make, make sure you stay in the blessing. 
Because just because just my, my mom is on fire for God doesn't mean I'm going to be on fire for God. Just because my mama ties doesn't mean that I'm... Now, there is, a, there is a residual blessing that comes because of my parents living for God, perhaps. You understand? But then you come of age, you have to live right. you got to do the right thing. Deuteronomy 28, oh, I love this. you got to turn there. Come on, verse 1. I'm setting this up, and we'll go to Luke 24 here in just a moment. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully to follow his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. It's one of the reasons that America is so strong, because of the gospel. And it's, it's a, another reason that America will be dropped like a bad habit if it doesn't serve God. America has got, the only way that America is going to be healed is if America turns to God. Maybe like all oh, the economy and the economy. Look, the economy will be blessed if people are blessed. If they live for God, you're blessed. If you don't live for God, you're cursed. All of these blessings, verse 2, will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of the womb will be blessed. It means your children will be blessed. The crops of your land, the young of your livestock, your calves and your herds. Lambs, your flock, that's an agrarian culture, but you can apply it to your life, your business. You'll be blessed. Come on, somebody say blessed. blessed. And he makes this long list of blessing. Now I want you to go to number six. Now this is number six. Talking about the blessing, talking about the curse, I'm talking about healing America. And I've entitled the message, God Bless America. But God can't bless what's cursed. So God blesses, what's aligned with his word. So you can say, oh, God bless you. Well, that's nice, and it's powerful, and we should do that. But many times, people don't live in the blessing simply because they're not obeying God's word. Number six, this, this is uh, a favorite prayer uh, passed down in my family from, as I understand it, Reginald McCall, and uh, my mama taught me that. That was her grandfather, so that would be my great-grandfather. I think I got that right. Number six, it's the high priestly blessing. This is what I pray over you, and I've commanded my staff to pray this over you every time we close. So you know if they don't close with this when I'm not here, that you know that they're in sin. Amen? <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, I'm totally serious. You know they've rejected my command. Oh, I'm not joking. What do you mean you're not joking? I, there is such power in this. It's why I do it every single time I close. I would say 99%. The only 1% is maybe I'm laid out in the power of the Holy Ghost and, and I didn't close that way. But then even still, my staff should come up and close and bless. This is it right here. It's to be memorized. And I would encourage you to pray it over your family. Pray, pray it at home. Pray it when you're traveling. Pray, pray it in the morning. Pray it at night. It's the high priestly blessing. It's the ironic blessing. All right, so here it is. Number six, verse 22. <laughs> Administrative note. Make sure to remind all the staff to memorize. All right, very good. Number six, 22. The Lord said to Moses... Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, there's many different versions of that, but that's the essence of that. I believe that's a New International Version. There's patriarchal blessings throughout Scripture. It's so important that actually the job of the priest was, was, one of the jobs of the priest was to bless. The job of the priest was to bless him. First Chronicles 23 and 13, pronounced blessing. It was to be done on a personal basis as well as corporately. All right, so let's look at this text here. The full picture, in order to get a full picture, you have to look at Mark 16, Luke 24, and uh, Acts chapter one. And you get the full picture of what's happening here as Jesus ascends. In Mark 16, 19, it talks about it, and, and it says he, he sat hand, he sat down at the right hand of God. That, that's a, a theological statement of having all authority. Having all authority. But in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, you'll see this is broader picture where he, he ascends. It's this prophetic picture of how he's going to return as well. 
And in verse 50 of the text that we read, he blesses his disciples. He not only blessed them, but he's, he's taken, he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. He not only blesses them, but he's taken up to heaven. And they worship and they're filled with joy. How many of you know that believers ought to be filled with joy? The passage is significant in many, many different ways. One, by the fact that he reaches his hands out and he blesses them, you know, it's like the big game is over. The mission of Jesus has been accomplished. The task of the Messiah has been completed. What are you talking about? What did he come for? He came to defeat hell, death, and the grave. He came to take, lead captivity captive. He came to break the curse and release the blessing. So when he's rising, it's like, it's all done now. I'm done. Let me bless you. Blesses them. And he leaves them. He leaves them with the blessing, but it's so profound as he ascends to heaven. Jesus' assignment is completed. His what? His assignment is completed to defeat hell and death in the grave. Wow. The curse is broken. I want you to go to Galatians 3, verse 13. And I'll read it to you. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, curse is everyone who hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, there it is, the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The curse that came through Adam left through the second Adam, the last Adam left. So when he blesses them and he ascends, it's, it, it's over. Come on, someone said it's over. It's over. And all the words that have ever been spoken over you from those who perhaps abused you, everything that happened in your life, in your home, in your family perhaps that wasn't good, is overridden by the blessing of God. It doesn't matter what you've come out of or what you've done. When you repent and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the blessing of God. That outweighs and breaks every single curse. Can you say amen? Some people don't realize it. We are truly called to live this blessed life. That's what's going to heal America. What are you talking about? One family at a time, turning towards God, proclaiming the blessing and living it, living out the blessing of God. That's what's going to change our country. You know, it's a different day and hour that we're living in. I was driving back from uh, the peninsula. I came to Bird Creek. You know where that is? Came to Bird Creek coming into, you know, just outside of Anchorage. And there was a whole bunch of cars pulled over. And uh, it was an obviously there was something going on that was wrong. And so I hit my brakes, hit my brakes, slowed down a whole lot. Nobody behind me. And I looked and I saw these two men faced off in clearly what was going to be a fight. And there's people intervening trying to stop them. Now, 15 or even 20 years ago, I'd have already been out of my truck. I'd have been out of my truck. I'd have been all up in it, and I'd have, I'd have, I'd have intervened. Except now, when I hit my brakes, that's my immediate response is to be a peacemaker. I don't, it's not even a thought process. Ask my wife. Some of you are like that. If there's an emergency, I'm already in. I'm already in the car pulling somebody out. Before my brain engages, I'm pulling somebody out of the flames and pulling somebody out of the wreck. And there's been times like that. Some people are not like that. I'm wired that way. I don't think about myself. It's just something kicks in and it's, it's you know, it's super shepherd. Not a thought process. But as I hit my brakes to pull over to go intervene and stop this fight, the next thought came to my, actually, my, maybe it's because I'm getting more mature. People get shot now. So I hit my brakes. I paused. There's lots of people engaged. Actually, the guy that, the guy that went to go break it up uh, is a Christian man who I haven't seen in like, I don't know, eight years plus. I'll tell the story, it's hysterical. I haven't seen him in like eight years plus. And I walk into, I walk into the, the men's restroom at, uh, at Girdwood. 
Does anybody, it's like we always stop there. We stop at Girdwood. I walk into the men's restroom and he's coming out of the stall. I'm like, hey, good to see you. He's like, he just has his hands clenched like this. He's like, hey. And I just went and hugged him. <laughs> just hugged that guy. He's like, ah. And we're in a men's restroom. I'm like, okay. That's a little awkward. What's up? People looking at us like, I said, hey, man, love you. He's like, oh, yeah. He just kind of <laughs> walks out. I'm like, okay. He had, he had pulled over. I saw his car there. We can be avenues of blessing. We can live in the blessing. That blessing's got power. We're called to live this blessed life and teach others to do it. It's not like, it's not like it used to be. You might have noticed that there's an increase in violence. You might have noticed there's an increase of wars, rumors of wars. Earthquakes. We're called to live a blessed life. The blessed life will actually cause the land to respond, will cause things to be healed in our country. We're the most blessed people on the planet. You have to have a blessed focus, a blessed focus in your life. Come on, say it. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, say it. Say it a little louder and mean it a little deeper. Say it. Say, I am blessed. You have to have, a, you have, to have that mindset. When you run into difficulties, and my wife is, is profoundly good at it, run into a problem, circumstances, all of a sudden she's like, well, we're blessed, praise God. We're blessed. Literally by speaking that, it changes things. Come on, say it again. I'm blessed. Don't allow, the circum don't allow your circumstances to determine your attitude. Circumstances come and go. The blessing of God is eternal and timeless, and you've got to declare that. And so when circumstances want to shout at you something else, point your finger into the wind and the waves and declare the blessing of God or repent if you don't, if you need to. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm blessed. You're the navigator of whether you're going to be blessed or not. I was dip netting in the Kenai, and... Um, at certain times of the year, like this weekend, it's extremely dangerous to be in a boat dip netting at the Kenai. Has anybody ever done that before? I mean, I've, I, I saw people in like an eight-foot raft. Two, two dudes, oh, well over 200 pounds, I don't know. The water line on the raft is, is, is halfway. They got a three-and-a-half horsepower, you know, Actually, I think it was a nine horsepower, so it probably wasn't an eight-foot raft. It might have been 10, but it looked like it was two feet long. And these guys are just like, I mean, the water's just up here, and I'm like, oh, my God, Lord, help them. And to watch them get a fish, they're just like nearly going in the water every time. Then you have these other giant, you know, thunder jets ripping up. the And, all, and at low tide, all of those boats get to get squeezed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is there anybody ever experienced they get to get squeezed in the middle? And if you're faint of heart, buddy, you do not want to be there because it is near collisions all the time. And then, of course, you get some Yahoo who can't control his boat, doesn't know what he's doing. There's near collisions all the time. A boat sank the, the other week and it's bloop. And you got the fish cops. We came across that line. I think we still had our nets on the water. And you got to lift it up at a certain moment. And the fish cop looks at us and says, Ned. I'm like, yes, sir. I saw somebody else get taken in. As we're in this very intense moment, I'm sitting in the back. I'm not the, I'm not the captain. I'm not the pilot of the boat. I'm sitting in the back of the boat like just roaring motors everywhere and waves and people just, it's crazy. I mean, it's a circus. There's no, I can't describe it. I can't describe to you how intense it is. And I just sat back and I'm like, man, if I wasn't a believer, this would be nerve wracking. <laughs> and we had a near collision and I caught it on Instagram and I'm like, I'm blessed, hallelujah. And I just had to declare that over my nerves for a second. Listen, when you're in the midst of a storm, speak the blessing, declare the blessing. And I made a choice to get on the boat, and I could have got off the boat. 
I made a choice to submit my life under the guy that was controlling the boat, who happened to be a great pilot, great captain, did an amazing job. Hallelujah. Some of you got someone driving your boat that shouldn't even drive a Tonka truck. They need to stay at home. I mean, you're submitting to people who are in, in, the, in the, the steering wheel or the helm of your life, and you're like, man, I'm just, I just don't know what's going on. But you need to like get Junior Boy off the helm, take the helm yourself, and start. See, who's Junior Boy? Let's move on. You're the navigator. You make decisions. You, you lead your life. You can make a choice to partner up with somebody who's cursed or partner up with people that are blessed. Don't steal. If you steal, it's not going to be good for you. Tithe. Live every day declaring the blessing of God. All right, number two, to have the blessing pronounced over us and to pronounce it to others. If you're going to live in the blessing, you have to speak it. You'll notice that Jesus didn't think it, and he had it in his heart as he rose and ascended into the heavens. That's not what it says. It says he proclaimed the blessing. I actually think he proclaimed number six. He proclaimed the blessing. Come on, reach your hand towards your neighbor and say, Lord bless you. It's powerful. It's your job to pronounce blessing over your family. It's your job to pronounce blessing over your wife. It's your job to pronounce blessing over your husband. It's your wife to pronounce blessing over your church. It's your, it's, what? Jesus, help me. It's your job to proclaim blessing over America. Proclaim blessing over this country. Proclaim it over your life, and you be the answer. You be the solution. You live a blessed life. James 3 and 9 says that it's not right that we should have cursing and blessing coming out of our mouth. Look at verse 9, James 3, verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Hmm. I want you to say, God bless America. God bless America. Well, how does that happen? We're blessed for a purpose in our lives, and our nation is to be blessed for a purpose. It's not, we're called to be a, a burning, shining lamp, like a city on a hill. That's what we're called to be. And why would, why would that be? So that we can reach the nations. It's for a purpose. God doesn't bless you so you could just line your pockets and get the, the, the latest fad or the latest thing or ingratiate yourself or get more toys. And the, he who has the most toys wins. That's not true. That's not true either. We're blessed for a reason. If you're wealthy, it's for God's purpose. God wants to use you. God wants to use your time and your talent and your treasure. God wants to use you. The greatest blessing after salvation is a blessing fulfilled in the Holy Spirit. Wow. Many people think it's just some religious experience. It's not just some religious experience. Anybody ever heard of a man by the name of Jerry Murphy? Jerry Murphy was a missionary uh, in the 80s and would fly back and forth to South America. And uh, he was in, a, in an airplane flying, and he was gunned down by drug runners. He's in a small aircraft on a missionary journey. He was gunned down while the, while the plane is being riddled with, with bullets. While that's happening... He begins to pray in tongues. He begins to pray in the Spirit. And all he did was loudly pray in the Spirit the whole time. Well, his plane had a crash landing, you know, controlled. It wasn't just a total crash and burn. They were able to land the plane. But then he gets out of his plane and gets out of harm's way. His, his whole seat, the whole seat is riddled with bullets. Where he was sitting, there are bullet holes through the whole seat. And not one touched him. I mean, we could talk about um, Pastor Moses' cow. 
who's here. He's preached here. We know him. We know him. He stood before a firing squad, prayed in the spirit. It all missed. And then I forget the exact story, but I think all the soldiers, you know, received Jesus or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. He prayed. The power of the spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't miss that. So very important. Worship team, please. So very, very important. The full blessing is, is released in the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The ultimate blessing is that we get to go to heaven. Come on, someone say amen. Proclaiming the blessing. Proclaiming the blessing. It's so important, again, to speak that over your life. America will be healed if it turns to God. As an aspect of turning towards the Lord and to seeing the blessing of God released in your home, you have to speak it. Some of you, some of you line your life up with the curse through your actions and through your deeds. I expect to get the best parking spot. I expect to get a deal. When I'm shopping online, I expect to get the best price and I look for it. Don't buy retail. Look for deals. I just think you should look for deals. It's just being a good steward. I've heard people say, I don't know if you've ever gone shopping with a Jew before. I love Jews. They just have a way of getting the best. They, 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 they see themselves, and rightfully so, as God's favorite ones, chosen so when they go to buy cars, they're like, well, what's, what's my deal? <laughs> what's the deal for me? That, that is a deal. No, you have a better deal. Well, you don't? Okay, I'm going somewhere else. You know, they're shrewd. How many of you know you should live in the blessing? The blessing, God, I don't mean being cheap, shrewd. There's nothing wrong with being shrewd. You should be generous. But speak the blessing over your life. Come on, raise your hand to heaven and say, I'm blessed. Every day say that. Years ago, years ago, we were in some meetings and the evangelist said, you know, some of you don't line your mouth up with what God's word says. So you tithe and you give, and then when somebody asks you, how are you doing? You say, good, I'm, you know, kind of broke right now, but, well, are you blessed or are you broke? And he, and he taught, he taught us, and I, I, I've somehow got in my spirit. And I'll say it from time to time to those who wouldn't be freaked out by the statement. Because the world doesn't understand it. So when I'm, you know, I'm at the gym or the gas station, I'm not answering this way. How are you doing? I'm like, fine, thank you. How are you? You know, but another spirit-filled, on fire, you know, Bible-believing person asks me, how, how are you doing? I would say, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored with the ability to accrue great wealth. Can you go to lunch? Let's go to lunch today. Now, if you don't have the finances to go to lunch, you don't say, I'm broke. By the way, if somebody invites you to lunch, it's usually their way of saying, I'm going to pay for it. So you just want to make sure you clarify that. If you invite somebody to lunch, you get the bill. That's, that's just proper etiquette. Did you know that? <laughs> Some of you are like, so what are you doing after church? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> you want to do something? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. How about you? You hungry? Ah. How about you? You want to go to lunch? Yes. <laughs> As opposed to saying, no, I can't go because I'm broke. Or I've seen people manipulate too. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh no, I, you know, I, I'd come, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any money right now. And they're trying to pull on your heartstrings. Come on, speak blessing. Speak the blessing of God. Okay, well, what if you don't have any money to go to lunch? Then you just say it differently. Want to go to lunch? Well, they're inviting you and they're going to pay for it. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. You can't afford currently to do that? You say, say, my money's investment in other areas. I'm not... 
Yeah, that's another one. That was another one. Money cometh. Say that. Money cometh. Blessing cometh. Say that. Blessing. Listen, money can't buy the blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. And I'll close with this. On Saturday, we had that legacy seminar workshop, which was, <laughs> it wasn't some cheesy little church thing, okay? Do you understand what I'm telling? It wasn't some like, you know, we had some people come up and just hope that we got it right. Just no, We had professionals that have walked it out, that, that taught, and it's the first time we've done it, and, and it was amazing. Amazing resources. People left with a will, left with a, with a uh, what's it called, medical health directives. People left with resources. They learned more about investments, and they left that way. They left blessed. And I was sitting in the back, and I was amazed at how many people showed up, number one. And number two, I was so grieved that so many people could have been here that weren't like watching Netflix or something. It's, you know, I just at home, we just make pancakes at home. Huh, maybe, maybe you should hold up on some of those pancakes. Get your vanilla booty to the church. Not sure what that is. I heard Pastor Karen say that once. I'm not looking at you. I'm and as I sat in the back, I thought, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to call my pastor and just brag on Jesus. So I called Dr. Morocco, and I walked into the, the boiler room back there, which is where I've had many a private phone call. And as I'm in the boiler room, I just said, Pastor, it's amazing what God's doing here. It's, it's, I, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to say. More people being saved, more people being healed, more people being delivered, the power of God being put on display, churches growing, exploding, finances and the buildings rising. It's just the blessing of God. It's the blessing of God. He said, well, hallelujah. Make sure you stay humble. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I thought to myself, that's not hard to do. Listen, I'm, I'm glad I can tie my shoelaces. Some of you, some of you don't understand. I happen to be the pastor, and I'm, I'm so humbled by that. And I looked out at the incredible excellence and training that is being released, and I thought, how? I said to my wife, I said, how has this happened? It's amazing. We're just simple folk. How do you assemble an, an incredible team to change a state, to change it? Who could do that? Jesus could. It's the blessing of God. This body working together. He gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some pastors and teachers and evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. I sit back. I'm sitting in the back going, gosh, this is amazing. How are you doing this? It's just the blessing of God. It's supernatural. Oh, it's not going to stop so long as we just stay humble and broken and transparent. Come on, say that. I'm going to remain humble and broken and transparent. Who's the most humble person here? Would you raise your hand? Would instantly disqualify you, Glenn. You're out. All right, if you're raising your hand, <laughs> you raise your hand, obviously. Yes. God has no problem helping you to be humble. He'll help you. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. The Lord bless you. Receive it right now. And keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious. Receive it right now. The Lord Over America. His face toward you. And give Come on, receive it right again, the Lord. Lord bless you and keep 
blessing of God. Make his face shine upon be gracious to you really can't sing that and have it be true if you have not been born again. He longs to bless you. He reaches to you through my voice. He pleads with you. The Holy Spirit bearing witness in your own heart that you need forgiveness. As our dear friend said last week, you'll leave this place as God's enemy or you'll leave this place as God's friend. But that's up to you. Don't deny, don't reject him, don't, don't, don't do it. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? Faithful and just 
just as in justice. Your sin, my sin, deserves death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, says the book of Romans. You must receive Jesus. It's the first step to receiving blessing, and heaven is the greatest blessing of all. But he's left us here not only to have our sins forgiven, but to then be his ambassadors and his ministers of reconciliation, to be conduits of the blessing of God. To your family, to your children, from generation to generation, the blessing of God. But it starts with you. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time or make a recommitment to him, just pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. I pray, Holy Spirit, now that you would fill and touch each and every one. Break every curse. Every bondage. Broken. Addiction. Broken. Self-hatred. Broken. Generational iniquity. Broken. By the power of the blood. And I proclaim the blessing of God now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be blessed unto a thousand generations should the Lord tarry. God, thank you. I hope you got something from God. Awesome. Would you raise your hands to heaven? And I'm going to bless you as Jesus did. The last thing he did on the planet was he reached his hands out. And I believe he pray, prayed the, high, the ironic blessing, the high priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Live the blessed life. And as we do, we'll see America healed. We love you. See you tonight, 6 o'clock service. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.